You're listening to DraftKings Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Mystery Crate slash Cinephobe, the podcast where we break down the breaking down of the movies you're afraid to admit you love. I'm Zach Harper. That's Amin Al-Hassan. That's Mike Ryan on this home and home with mm. the Mystery Crate and Cinephobe, filling in for Anthony Mays, who's our usual producer of said show. Anthony Mays will be on our version of this when we drop Mortal Kombat Annihilation. Mike, this is a podcast where if you have a submission, we ask you to submit it. Yeah, okay. definitely do that. Okay. I, yes, I like the idea. I like the idea that Mike submitted this one, and the reason why we're doing this one for Mystery Crate is because it was quote too good for Cinephobe. Yeah. It scored too yeah. high. It does it not beat the qualification high. of your podcast Cinephobe, which I'm a fan of, and I go cherry picking along the archives to see which episodes really resonate with me. Uh, movies that I grew up on. You do a lot of those that I can't believe some of these movies qualify as bad movies. I was disappointed to learn that you both. Didn't really like Hot Rod, which is a shame because I liked Hot Rod. But certain movies mean different things to different people. And the movie that we're going to do on this episode, which isn't a true cinephobe because, again, it's too good. Doesn't qualify according right. to your metrics. No. Yeah. Mortal Kombat Annihilation absolutely does qualify. And I can't wait to do that on your podcast, Cinephobe. But we're hoping that you enjoy this enough that you want to go and check out a really great podcast that Amin Hassan and Zach Harper do. Cinephobe. This movie is awesome, boys. This was well, yeah. Spoiler alert. The, this the normal criteria is forty percent or lower on Rotten Tomatoes for the audience or the critic score, but Mortal Kombat forty six and fifty seven respectively. Um, which I mean, I was I was a little surprised. I'm a little surprised in this this nineteen ninety five action adventure fantasy Mortal Kombat is not uh, qualifying for Cinephobe. Do you guys remember the first time you saw Mortal Kombat? Yes. <laughs> Oh, yeah. yes. oh, so for yes. me i remember I the went... first time i saw the trailer yeah <laughs> <laughs> the trailer was stapled to street fighter which i also saw in theaters mm. Mm. i saw mortal kombat on opening night i believe I, I think that was the first movie i ever saw on opening night my dad was always like look we'll just wait till the, the crowds die down and then we'll be comfortable and this was the only one i insisted i said i gotta see this opening night i went and it was standing room only they literally had packed the seats and people were just standing in the theater. And all I remember was we applauded at the end of the movie. It oh, was such a big wow. deal that they got it and they quote unquote got it right. <laughs> because, you know, up until this point, every video game movie pretty much failed. So this was like the, it was a big deal that they they did it justice or whatever. So this one stars a little confusingly and stars might be optimistic for a lot of this cast but stars Wait, christopher lambert as raiden <laughs> christopher lambert he as got the top billing japanese god raiden mm. 
you know him from Highlander mm. and from Beowulf uh, from 1999. Um, Robin Shu is Liu Kang in this one. You know him from Beverly Hills Ninja, Mortal Kombat Annihilation, and Death Race. Lyndon Ashby is Johnny Cage. He was on no, the no, TV no, no. show. Tama, tama. Can you do this over? But you've got to use the Mortal Kombat voice. Johnny Cage. Luke. Lyndon Ashby is Johnny Cage. He was on the TV show Teen Wolf, and he was in Wyatt Earp. We also get uh, Kerry Hiroyuki Tagawa, yeah. who plays Shang Tsung. Uh, he was in Planet of the Apes and Licensed to Kill. Well, he kills it in this one. He, he does kill it in this one. Bridget Wilson Sampras from Billy Madison and Last Action Hero, and she played Ginger on Saved by the Bell, was Sonya Blade. Uh, and then we got a bunch of other people who are throughout this movie, including an animatronic Goro, who we'll find out later, was a big problem for the execution <laughs> of this film. We, uh, we have, uh, oh, I mean, you've heard of Paul Thomas Anderson, right? Mm, no. Have I, should I? You haven't heard of Paul Thomas? Okay. Well, this joke would have been better if you had, because Mortal Kombat is directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. Oh, yeah. Yes. No relation. This one directed There Will Be Blood. I'm pretty sure. I think so. I think that's yeah, true. It's um, the same yeah. one, right? Uh, this, this Paul Anderson directed Event Horizon, Soldier, Resident Evil, Death Race, and Alien vs. Predator. Yeah, Event Horizon is straight up terrifying if you're oh my God. through a teenager's eyes. I watched it a few years ago. I was still scared. Oh, Sam Neill. Sam Neill. Oh, terrifying. Out of here. He's terrifying in that movie. Oh, my God. Maybe never want to go to space. That movie gave me pneumonia. I started watching the movie, and it was like I almost died when I had pneumonia as a little kid. And by the end of it, I had oh pneumonia. And my, my most vivid memory was like puking, like projectile vomiting as sam neil is spoiler alert just like all cut up hellraiser style all cut up yeah. no eyes yeah. yeah i'm convinced that movie gave me pneumonia i believe it i think that's a side added to webmd give me the clap somebody else gave you the clap um this movie is written by kevin droney who wrote a few episodes of jake and the fat oh. man highlander and the tv show hunter my Not my a- heart belongs to a droney Oh, okay. So this is the Cinephobe podcast. That's right. So four yeah. terrible puns. The uh, tag, or I'm sorry, the synopsis for Mortal Kombat. Three unknowing martial artists are summoned to a mysterious island to compete in a tournament whose outcome will decide the fate of the world. Accurate. Yeah, it's accurate. Not really, because Sonya doesn't seem like a martial artist in this one. More on Just that later. Cop, right? Yeah. <laughs> tagline. Here's the tagline for it. Fight. Oh. <laughs> that's, that's other taglines choose your destiny this is a bit long for that voice but nothing in this world has prepared you for this i don't remember that from the video <laughs> I game i don't remember where's toasty combat begins flawless victory there's a point in this movie where i i ask is this canon <laughs> <laughs> There are many points in this movie yeah. where I, well, actually, the flawless victory proclamation. More on that later <laughs> as well. Estimated $18 million budget for this movie grossed $70.4 million U.S. and $122.1 worldwide. Banger. And really, the movie looks great outside of one scene. More on that later. <laughs> uh, before we jump into this podcast, Mortal Kombat is a rental. 
You can't find it anywhere. Just pulled off of HBO Max, right? Maybe it'll be back by the time they listen to it. Probably. Right? Don't, but, they, don't they usually do that? Like you yeah. watch the old one right before the new one comes out? But I've listened to enough cinephobes to know that this is a point of contention. I mean, it's very difficult to convince you to shelve out the money for a rental. No, it's not because oftentimes I'll rent the wrong movie. If, <laughs> if you listen to, what was it? it was, which was the Gone in 60 was Seconds. Gone in 60 Seconds. I, I rented the wrong Gone in 60 Seconds. <laughs> And it's there's another there's gun one, in 60 seconds from like 1970. Oh, the original. Yeah. 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 And so I'm sitting there and I'm thinking <laughs> as it starts, well, wow, I, I thought this movie was just some cheap action thing, but they really did the whole like, you know, sometimes when movies are starting a period piece, they'll do like the old Universal logo. And mm-hmm, I was like, yeah. whoa, this is really artsy. It's shot. It looks like it's in the 70s. And I'm good 10 minutes in. And I'm just like, I think I would have been introduced to Nick Cage by now. And so I pause it. And when I pause it, you know, the Amazon Prime X-ray trivia and all that stuff pops up and it says 1974. And I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> so I have to go back and rent the other one. And then when we did the podcast, they tell me, oh, it's for free. <laughs> you could. Oh, yeah. We got it through like the Bravo app or something. <laughs> yeah, the there Bravo app. Oh, use the Bravo app. Uh, that's why he phobed it, too. He didn't finish the movie because he started late because he rented the other one and watched about 15 minutes of it. And then, uh, and then was so angry that he, that he phobed it. Uh, Mortal Kombat receives 46% on 39 reviews from Rotten Tomatoes and 57% on over 250,000 ratings from the audience score. Amin, would you like the positive or the negative reviews? Well, Zach, you know I'm a glass half full kind of guy, so give me the positives. Gene Siskel the chicago tribune the only decent video game turned into a movie why obviously because the filmmakers have really tried to offer some eye-popping visuals that can provide the same stimuli as the video game itself this doesn't quite sound positive but i'll take it it sideswipes all the other video game movies and that's very accurate video game movies were terrible even for little kids we were all there excited to see super mario brothers and then we were not oh god david hogan of HoganReviews.co.uk. Remind you, this is a positive review. Bad actors in lead roles, sometimes poor fight choreography, and extremely dated special effects. MK isn't a good film, but it does make for a good laugh with friends. Accurate. (laughs) Glad to know, because it was hard to wrap my brain around what was good CGI in 1995, but most assuredly, this was bad by even 1995 standards. Dan Seltz of Uproxx. It's a movie rife with mullets, gratuitous gymnastics, screamed lines, and terrible CGI, but it all just contributes to the charm. I, I like these backhanded compliments everyone's giving on the positive side. What are the negatives going to sound like? Kim Newman of Empire Magazine. Anderson does a good job of edging humor into dumbness. Lambert gets a few witty looks, and the art direction and effects are okay. Yeah, high praise right there. Lambert does give a few witty looks. It's pretty much, that's pretty much the character development of one Raiden in this movie. Widget Walls of NeedCoffee.com. Cheesy with no nutrients, but hey, anything's better than Street Fighter. Your name is Widget Walls from NeedCoffee.com, and you want to call someone else cheesy? And then last, last one for the positives. TV Guide staff of TV Guide. We'll concede, we'll concede that four-armed Prince Goro is a hoot. Chris Lambert looks fabulous in a flowing white wig, and Talisa Soto, who plays some kind of princess, can lord it over us anytime. Problematic. <laughs> wow. Is that's it? Why they, that's why they just used 
TV Guide staff as <laughs> the shield. This guy keeps coming up lately for the negative reviews. Mike Massey of Gone with the Twins. Oh, my God. Wait, what's going on here? Because we literally never heard of him. And now right. this is like the fifth movie in a row that we've done. And right. he, he's got a review. I don't understand it because it does feel like a little bit like Rotten Tomatoes review section has become a targeted ad from Instagram. Like is it, it's an algorithm. <laughs> yeah. And he's always at the top now, too, which, and there, there's no rhyme or reason for it. But Mike Massey have gone with the twins. Yeah. Massey is too cinephobe as to what hats I can wear in the pool is for my targeted IG ads. <laughs> the special effects are incredibly poor, even by 1995 standards. Okay. So it was bad. We know exactly what they're talking about here. And it's not even the, the, the Crown Prince Goro because they went for practical there. There is a surprise character, much like in the original video game, that pops up in a very different, confusing form in this movie. And that's got to be where all these critiques are coming from. Lisa Schwartzbaum of Entertainment Weekly. The guys in the recording studio who made the oof, og sounds are the ones who really had all the fun. <laughs> there is some tension in this movie shall we say, in some of these fight scenes. There's definite tension in the air. Felix Vasquez Jr. of Cinema Crazed. In the realm of movies adapted from video games, Mortal Kombat sucks the least. See, that sounds like a lot of the positives, though. That's true. Um, I don't know what to do with that. Oz of Hollywood Bitch Slap. <laughs> this cannot still be around. <laughs> This I, cannot. I unfortunately did not check. They don't attention to the man behind the lawsuit. Hopeless? Oh, yes. It's hopeless, all right. Mondo hopeless. Whoa, Mondo. And then we'll finish it with uh, Jim Hartle of film.com. Hartle, heart, heart, heart. Just looks and plays a lot like Johnny Mnemonic, Double Dragon, and other video game-inspired mayhem-filled messes. Oh, wait. Johnny Mnemonic, Mnemonic was inspired by a video game? Also, there was a Double Dragon video or movie. Yeah, yeah I think. Uh, yeah, with the dude from Party of Five. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> following in a long, yeah, following in a, a long illustrious line of Asian characters that were then Americanized for Hollywood. Which actually, Mortal Kombat. Credit to you for making Liu Kang actually Asian. As yeah, because that also could have been Matthew Fox at the time, right? Yeah. 1995, like that was right in the sweet spot and for him. They would have changed Matthew the name Fox? to Lou, L-O-U. Yeah. <laughs> Scott Wolf, maybe? Was it Scott Wolf? <laughs> yeah, Lou. It was, it was Scott Wolf. It was yeah. Scott Wolf that was one of the dragons. Okay. Um, all right, Amin, what is your first note? Wow. We jumped right into the song and the logo off the rip. It took me back to 1995, being in mm -hmm. that theater, people standing up in the back. It goes dark. You know, you get that little cheer. People go, oh, and then it dies down, and then you... Oh my god, straight into it, the EDM. Oh man, it was they like, let's not waste any time, let's yeah. not bullshit these people, <laughs> just yeah. go right into it. Uh, you cannot tell the story of Mortal Kombat the movie without telling the story of how amazing the video game was because everyone here played that right. Video game. Oh god, whenever they went to the movie theaters, when, when the console version came out, it was massive, so massive it had inspired a video game soundtrack. And the lead single from that soundtrack was an absolute banger made of basically sounds people made when a punch landed on their chest. It was incredible. And then each individual character had their own songs. I had this album growing up. Did you guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I did not own the album, but yes, I, I was very familiar with artists. The controversial moment at the old Sacred Heart 
uh, elementary school fall festival where uh, where I spent many in October. My Catholic grade school would uh, would have this like day or two day festival where all these carnival games and all this bullshit they had occasionally like some arcade games and so street fighter was a big part of fall festival mm. and then they would not let us bring mortal Kombat into the mix because that blood Outlawed. right that yeah, was a big violent. deal like it was the first video game that had blood spurred yeah. out when you when you when you yeah. hit people street fighter 2 was an absolutely massive arcade game and then the more dangerous Mortal Kombat came out. And anybody mm. that was a Street Fighter 2 person automatically had to become a Mortal Kombat person mm. because it was more violent and a little bit dirtier and some parents wouldn't let you play it. Oh, I and still remember they- my friend Andrew got it for, I think it was the Sega Genesis. He was the first one of the group to, to get the console version. Oh my God, he was a god. They had parental yeah. versions yep. where you could limit the blood in Mortal Kombat. Yeah. To make it safer, more agreeable for parents. Cowards. Remember when they upped the ante with Killer Instinct after that? Yeah. Oh, Killer many Instinct. Tried, many Spinal. tried to take the crown from Mortal Kombat the way that Mortal Kombat snatched the crown from Street Fighter. All Good have girl. failed. Mortal mm-hmm. Kombat still is the gold standard. So much so, it inspired that soundtrack. And they do such a great job in this movie right out the box in building up that anticipation. Because when you hear that, even to this day, I have a workout playlist that the Mortal Kombat song is a part of because it's so good. They just play it just enough that you're like, oh man, I got to yeah. hear this. I got to hear this at the right moment. And Money they tease you. They tease you. Okay. They tease and we it. build to epic crescendo. And so Shang Tsung is in a temple or is at a temple and he's fighting a child. He grabs this child's arm and he backhands the shit out of this kid. Mm-hmm. I was just, oh my God. Like it's a child. What? I, I guess the surprise is Shan Sung is young now. Because if you played the video game, he was just the, oh, like this old, old dude yeah. that yeah. sat back on, on the chair. But now Shang Sung is young. Wrap your minds around it. But he strikes evil like he hits that evil face very well. And at the same time, I thought to myself, wow, they couldn't have picked a more villainous looking dude. And then I realized, no, they could have. What if Bolo had been Shang Tsung? Oh, no, because you can't. Uh, no. no, the bad guy has to win if it's Bolo as Shang Tsung. You give <laughs> Bolo mysterious powers. We've seen Enter the Dragon and we've seen Bloodsport. He's a tough guy. He's a killer, but he's not special powers killer. You give him that, it's no one's going to beat him. He's undefeated, right? <laughs> a thousand Liu Kangs, you're not going to beat him. Uh, my next note is, why is he fighting a child in front of Liu Kang? Why isn't he stepping in here and we find out it was just a nightmare? Is it though? We find out later. But the nightmare ends with the epic tagline that we all probably to this day still said as it happens upon rewatch, your brother's soul is mine. Is mine. Yeah. Oh my God. Mine. Well, was it just killing people contorts. snatching souls? Oh man. Cut to Sonya and Jax are tracking Kano in a barbed wire circuit city of sorts. I couldn't figure out <laughs> oh, where they were. Hold on. Before that, that happens, Luke Kang gets a telegraph. I said, first of all, telegraph. Oh, oh, remember the those? Telegraph. <laughs> we, yeah, we have to. I, I thought we all would have the same notes. I actually said this telegram. My fault. Yeah. It, the, it, uh, tele- and it was just so cut and dry. It was just like, brother dead, return home, grandfather. Do they charge per letter here? Is this yeah, yes. the 1995 equivalent of, hi, it's Bob, had a baby, it's a boy? <laughs> collect brother dad return home grandfather is well i mean 
what else do you need to put in there? What details? Like, you need to get home. Your brother's dead. It's grandpa. Like, <laughs> no beating around the bush. The no, hey, Lou, how's it going over there yeah. in Hollywood? I think because because he's in the same city as Johnny Cage. How's it going? Yeah. No, no pleasantries. Brother dead. Return home, mm-hmm. grandfather. So grandfather. cut and dry. Uh, all right, Sonia and Jax are tracking Kano in a in what I thought was a barbed wire circuit city because it was just a bunch of TVs. Turns yeah. out it's some kind of warehouse club. Yeah, and you know it's Jax because Sonia says Jax, and that's all we see of, of this character. Hey, yeah, take, take note, Hamilton. Maybe just address the person you're talking to rather than singing for 20 minutes. She says, "I trust one person on this planet, and you're talking to him. That's great. You know, okay. only trust herself." They're fighting their way through a club and there's a slow reveal of Kano and his Terminator eye. And it, I felt it wasn't as dramatic in the turn, the face turn as they hoped it would be. It was in 1995. I promise you. I promise it wasn't. I it promise was. it was. Because I, I wrote the note. I wrote the note that I, that I wrote 30 years ago, whenever that was. And the note is, Kano! That's yeah. it. <laughs> I was so excited. <laughs> Kano! Yeah. And as a, a, a movie theater that was standing room only in 1995 found out, Kano is apparently Australian now. He's Who an knew? Aussie, yeah. <laughs> Nobody knew that before, but now, he's apparently an Aussie. <laughs> now, I've actually, the last time I watched this movie, I was like, why is Kano Australian? This actor's portrayal was so popular. The video games just started making Kano Australian even yeah. though the actor wasn't even doing an Australian accent. It's like a UK He's weird. British. Yeah, it's a weird accent. It's not Australian, sounds Australian. Either way, we've made him Australian. We made him Australian. Uh, he's there for Shang Tsung. Shang Exposition lets us know that Kano killed Sonya's partner. And he's got to make sure she's on that boat. There's a lot of exposition, a lot of oddly timed exposition in this movie. Yeah. Bridget Wilson, it's really a testament to how iconic the character was, but she's always Veronica Vaughn to me. And Veronica Vaughn looks very unhappy throughout this movie, and you know it, by her underbite. It's yeah, her and Kobe. Her, yeah, the two most iconic underbites in history. Kobe and Veronica Vaughn. Uh, Shang threatens Kano that if he touches Sonya, he'll be needing a, a seeing eye dog. And the eye twitch from Kano... Oh. Perfect. He is eye-twitching his ass off here. <laughs> um, all right, Sonia shoots a guy. Now, this is something I, I did not feel really added up, but Sonia, who has a shotgun, shoots at a guy who wildly fires at her and a crowd is behind her. Nobody notices. Not one person gets hit by the guy who was just shooting an Uzi or whatever, a machine gun, and no one hears the shotgun. How is that possible? Let me tell you, the, the dude that she shot, acting his ass off yep oh i've ne- like i was like wow he sold the hell out of this mm-hmm. take notes jack nicholson in the departed <laughs> <laughs> it sets a table for how great the background actors are in this film they oh, really yeah. stand out and i don't think you want your background actors to stick out but nothing was stopping them <laughs> nothing was stopping them at all they were gonna dance to that music no matter what Cut to Johnny Cage walks up to four guys with weapons and a hanger of some sort. And I wrote, Mm. is this guy the product of if Tom Cruise and Squeak from Basketball had a kid? (laughs) By the way, more on Tom Cruise later. Oh, oh, okay. The note that I have is, is this Johnny Cage or John Bastow? (laughs) (laughs) So John Bastow kicks a bunch of people's ass. And then we find out, aha, 
it's a movie scene because of course Johnny Cage in the video game was this Hollywood celebrity. He's an actor. Yeah. And uh, there's a, a director that's made to dress up like Steven Spielberg. It was supposed to be oh. Steven Spielberg. Oh man. Yeah. What? Is this a part of the trivia? Yeah. Until Steven Spielberg saw the line that they wanted him to say, I love you, Johnny. You leave me and I'm gonna be directing traffic, Johnny. Johnny I Cage admit- is very frustrated on the set for some reason. Well, because these guys are amateurs. He was supposed, the guy didn't know when he was supposed to fall down, and I forgot that Johnny is an actor because all of a sudden they go cut. I, just, <laughs> I, was, I was confused. I completely forgot about that fact about Johnny Cage or this part of the movie. Then this his you sense- fall down, future callback, his, by the way. His sensei tells him to be on a boat tomorrow, and we find Master out it's, Boyd. it's that, Shang that- Tsung disguised. So this is the note I wrote, and admittedly, I think I was a little drunk when I wrote it. There we go. Master Boyd looks like Kenny Loggins and Mr. Peanut Butter. I wrote down he looks like silver-haired meatloaf. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, I like that. Now we get Liu Kang returning to where his brother oh, died. Uh, uh, be on a boat to Hong Kong? Yeah, Pier 40, because there's no other Pier 40s in, around Los Angeles. It's just... Mm-hmm. A boat? Yeah. To Hong Kong? It's <laughs> hey, a long-ass flight. Yeah. <laughs> you want to have a boat? <laughs> The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller Time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Luke Kang returns to the temple where his brother died. Grandpa Exposition tells him exactly what happened and why he trained for the tournament. Oh, wait a second, though. But he returns via this boat. We need to talk about the boat a little bit. And Luke Kang's first interaction with Johnny Cage, which would have felt racist had Johnny Cage 
not been very friendly to the black person that he sees at the docks first before asking Liu Kang, who now in a different light, you see that he has a mullet that even by 1995 oh, standards is outdated. Aggressive. It's the same aggressive. haircut that my second grade teacher, Ms. Biddle had. Luke Karen decides that he's not here for Johnny Cage's antics and throws very expensive luggage or at least some very expensive luggage oh, yeah. into the water because there are mountains and mountains of bags, Louis V bags that Johnny Cage has brought with him on this very presumably very long boat ride to Hong Kong. Yeah, my my uh, my other note here is Raiden being white doesn't feel great. Let's stay on Raiden for a second in this casting because Christopher Lambert has the most star power in a movie that's obviously lacking star power. Christopher Lambert opts for a white wig. They don't start the wig any closer to his eyebrows. So we got full Peyton Manning forehead Raiden to the point that you're actually happy that he's wearing the rice fields hat that Daffy Duck made racist the entire right. time uh what's going on on this boat did you guys notice the set design because we went over the budget and shout out to whoever actually went field scouting for some of these naturally beautiful places that some of these right. things happen the boat because it's a creepy dragon-like boat that comes out of the fog and it, it's a very mysterious boat if you look around and you see the set there are far too many stars in the sky it is the cheapest looking part of this film there are supposedly hundreds of fighters on a boat that is no bigger than an open fisherman. It doesn't make any <laughs> sense. There's a deck, and the cabin is presumably just where Hellraiser hangs out. Another Hellraiser reference from me. There's just chains. The boat is far too small to house all these fighters. Yeah, I also have some questions about, like, how does this boat get around? Because there are no sails. There's no rowing. I don't hear an engine. Like, I don't, like, how is this boat moving? <laughs> it turns around and it has a Panamanian flag on the back of it. <laughs> I, was, I was very confused by the boat. You also, um, I believe this, this movie was filmed in Taiwan. And of course, as you would imagine, Fontana, California. I love the idea of Shao Kahn having this boat registered to Panama because he doesn't want to pay American taxes. <laughs> Just, I mean, all right, look, Shang, he's, Shang, you he's can an emperor, but he's an emperor for a reason, all right? He knows how to get through the, the red tape. Also, it's a boat from Los Angeles to Hong Kong. <laughs> no, but I it's can't... clearly a magical boat. I mean, like this it, is... Yeah, very clearly. We know yeah. it because Johnny Cage keeps the same clothes on the entire time of his journey. <laughs> And we know also that has the, so much luggage actors, oh, am I right? Like it's just <laughs> so much, so much. And there is a beautiful, sweet part of dialogue. I wonder how this went over in the writer's room or if this was just different scenes that they piece together on different days. But Peyton Manning Raiden tells everybody that <laughs> it has begun because <laughs> you can never deliver a line without a <laughs> Loves his own jokes. Yeah. Oh loves my his God. Own that laugh was actually because Christopher Lambert was a bit of a, a sex symbol when Highlander came out and he had this yeah. charm, charming laugh. So he oh, obviously bang, yeah. turns that on. So he says it has begun. And what are the very next words of dialogue we hear? It has begun. This time from Shang Song. Back yeah. to back, it has begun. So really hammered home that. <laughs> yeah, it if you were unclear, if you thought Raiden was jumping the gun on it beginning, no, no, no. Shang Tsung lets you know that, no, it really has begun. Uh, we then get into Raiden attacking Scorpion and Sub-Zero with what I can only describe as Ghostbusters 1 CGI that made me laugh out loud. Like, it was, I would say, I felt like, well, I guess maybe Ghostbusters 2, it felt a little bit like when the Scolari brothers 
got loose in the in the courtroom and they had to they had to wrangle them in. That was Ghostbusters two. Yeah, that was Ghostbusters two. So that so that was what nineteen eighty nine. So not a uh, huge update here from the the special effects. Well, you know, we built this VG. <laughs> we built this VG on CGI. Oh my gosh! By the way, I have a note here. Don't know what it refers to, but I just said Jax has law enforcement hair. Yeah, I wrote down mm-hmm. Jax looks like Ken Norton Jr. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who also uh, had law next, enforcement hair? My next note: Bridget Wilson can't possibly be the best actor for this movie, right? <laughs> I guess it's her or Raiden. Man, I, I don't know, man. I think Shang Tsung. Yeah. Got it. Well, yeah, yeah Shang Tsung. Yeah. Shang Tsung steals well, or, this movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, and as as evidenced by this note. Shang acting his ass off. Lord Raiden, thank you for gracing us with your presence. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, 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 oh drag that out. That. Yeah. That, yeah, those are the two. That's that's Pacino and De Niro going at it at heat when Lambert and, and yep. Shang Sun go back and exactly. forth. And they establish the ground rules that certain things can happen in certain realms. Some good exposition on that. Uh, my next note, is there anything more alarming than a spinning compass? That's after they get on the beach, right? That's, yeah, that's, that's once they're once they're on the beach. There's one, there's one more piece of tension that we haven't uh, talked about, which is Shang is very horny for Sonya Blade. Oh yeah, super. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, big time. But specifically, her is if you'd like a tour, I'd love to give it to you myself. And I said, tension. She's the apple of the eye of one Shang song, but also. Johnny Cage is very thirsty, and I keep mm. fearing that there's going to be some 1995 moralities that are probably too flippant to the Me Too movement that hasn't yet right. happened. Oh. And it doesn't quite get there, but oh, it gets there. It well, does. we get we do get a we do get an ex- explanation of like fight consent is a thing, <laughs> you know. So that, I felt that was an important baseline to establish. Um, my next note is. Uh, who do we think's taller, Johnny Cage or Stugatz? I, I imagine Bridget Wilson was taller than a lot of these actors, and there was a lot of framing that had to be done in these shots. Yeah. When they get to the shoreline and the compass is spinning, and Liu Kang, because I guess he's descendant of Kung Lao, knows that what the deal is, even though he's never been to this outer realm before. Right. We, we learn that Johnny Cage still has some bags with him that Luke King yeah. didn't throw all of the bags into the water at the dock. So he's still traveling with bags and takes a very inefficient route to the shoreline while carrying oh the bags. Oh my God. Sonya um, Blade has a comically large phone, by the way, with, a, with an antenna that comes out of the, t- the middle of the top. It's, you guys remember cell phones used to be like on the side. Oh, the this corner, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Directly just, in the middle. She just and throws it, together a bunch of techie terms that were around in 1995 to explain yeah. that the phone isn't working any, anymore. <laughs> Uh, we get a, where are we? Do I look like your travel agent? Which my next note, 20th century bitch. Like that's what that is right there. (laughs) Uh, Johnny makes it nearly to the top before he does the impractical jokers, Joe Gatto fallback. And then loses his luggage down that. I just felt like, is there anything irreplaceable in that luggage? Cause that's gone. That luggage is gone. And you got to basically like he had what? 25 feet of stairs left in that thing and it just and, and couldn't like and no one could help him and then we get luke gang you need help with those like come on man that's not that is way too soon way too soon <laughs> this is dicks to each other um uh, shanks is this where oh go ahead. Prince, princess katana's is overlooking you know and yeah. they, they they look at her and a, a woman looks at you that long it usually means something probably it's a good line 
I completed I completed the lines, and she wants to do it. Oh, I mean, that's what that's what Johnny Cage wanted to say. Yeah, it's a period of PG Johnny Cage movies. does walk the line between token 1995 action star avatar and inappropriate. Yeah. I feel like the Me Too movement would not have been kind to Johnny. Well, Cage. that's why I, Johnny I, Cage. Johnny Cage yeah, isn't actor. in isn't in this upcoming movie that's releasing on HBO Max, presumably really? because Johnny Cage was canceled at some yeah. point. I think that's the story. Like his career sure. is over. Johnny yeah. Cage's career is over. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In the he Mortal wasn't... Kombat cinematic universe. <laughs> Instead of fatality, it's compliance. It's... Yo, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, Shang Tsung wants this lawnmower man ask reptile to keep Princess Katana away from the humans. This, I mean, come on, man. The CGI on this is awful. It's so bad. So disappointing, too, because we're, we're trying to figure it out. Now, they don't give it a name. But kids are turning and looking at their friends in the movie theater. Wait a second. Is you know that is. reptile? Yeah. Didn't feel great. Also, Amin, did you recognize Katana? No. Katana was in a movie we did for Cinephobe. She's a repeat offender. She was in Ballistic X versus, versus Sever. Sever. Yeah, she's a mother, the wife, right? Yep. In the beginning she's of the movie wife. where the kid yep. gets kidnapped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's also she a Bond girl. girl. She's a Bond girl? Yeah, she's a Bond girl. I think Dalton's Bond. Oh, oh. the living daylights. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we get a big feast and dinner uh, for uh, the fighters in this hall. And then when Shang Tsung says, here's a taste of things to come, the goons come in and just flip the dinner tables over. And I just felt like you got to have a fighting room as well. Like you've just wasted perfectly good food. It can't, they, this is not, this is not proving a point. This doesn't make me think, Oh shit. You know, you're there for a fighting tournament. This is a dick move too. Yeah. Yeah. Look why man. Yeah. And it's not just like all the work that went into the food, but if you look at the ambiance, who lit all these candles, right? It's incredible. Oh my God. It's It's such a nice moment. Some poor asshole slaved over this, literally. And, and, and he's, he's peering from behind in the kitchen with the door kind of cracked open. And the other guy's like, what do, what do you see? I think they like it. Yeah, they really, wait a second. Oh, that just put the table over. I know he's supposed to, but I put so much work into that. Now, do you think there's a two outer realms, like there's a two Americas situation? <laughs> we think that there's not fair treatment there then we find out goro i didn't realize this but goro has three sausage fingers on each hand and <laughs> i wonder out. if that's why he gets so many arms shout out to Stu Gatz. now they they do this trick sometimes when uh, the audience wants to see how are they gonna make goro they'll tease yeah. it especially when the effects aren't great Less yeah. is more, sort of the way that they did with Jaws in the 70s, right? So you see Goro's three sausage links on the windowsill, and you're like, okay, that's kind of cool. Won't see Goro again for a while because I had to wait a long time in the game to see Goro again. Right. Very next scene, we see Goro. Yep. Didn't waste any time. That's what I like about this movie. We're not going to do any of this bullshit where we make you guys no, Let's get no right foreplay. into this. Yeah. yeah. They get right into it. And that's when I thought to myself, I think we need a Goro origin story, don't we? Gorgon story. <laughs> Shout out to Chris Cody. We we find out that that Goro looks different. Uh, not not bad, but <laughs> different. Different's uh, a good way of describing it. There's, his, okay, his head has now become a meme. 
that is often used whenever a girl has a top knot that looks a little yeah. too tight. They always have that picture of Goro. And even though I knew it was Goro, I was kind of shocked. Like, oh, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's the meme. It's yeah. right there. It's like you see it in its natural habitat. It's just crazy. Kano's sitting there and he's going Coward. on and on, Coward. on and on about like all types of shit. He's talking to a man with four arms and isn't freaked out by this at all. And then he says, Shang gives me the creeps. <laughs> he's talking to Prince Goro, who's got yeah. Scott Pollard's ponytail. <laughs> Seven foot dude with four <laughs> arms and three fingers, a hand. Have you guys ever seen those, uh, those memes of how do you put a pair of pants on a dog? Mm-hmm. And it's like, do you put it over the middle of the body? <laughs> like, how do you put a pair of pants on Goro? How does this work? Now, he is wearing underwear, but I imagine Goro can find himself in interesting situations like, do only two arms go into the arm sleeves during a black tie event? We got to have a cape situation for Goro, right? If he's going to dress up, maybe he kind of goes Magic Mike style where there is no shirt, but there's a tie Mm. and a cape. And that way, you know, he still gets to kind of like be dressy, but, you know, he's not necessarily finding custom shirts. If you're Goro, which hand do you wipe your ass with? Middle right. Forearms. He still he has 12 fingers. Yes, he's still got less. Yeah. Than he's, <laughs> he's got like as many yeah. fingers as Antonio Alfonseca has, despite having two more arms. <laughs> do we think Goro can snap? Like, no. No. No, no? chance. Also, Goro, forearms, very short arms, though. Not not a whole great not a great standing reach. It's a Demontis Sabonis situation for sure. Oh, like yeah. there's not there's not great wingspan on those arms. So I guess that's why he needs two extras. Uh, but yeah, Kano's a coward, man. <laughs> like I'm so that, that's what I knew. That's what I knew as a kid. Like Kano's not going to make it through this thing. He's he's not long for this because he was a coward to Goro, and and that just showed me he was not about this life. He's just he's a wuss. Um, then we find out Princess Katana is the Emperor's adopted daughter, which I found yeah. to be a weird detail. Why does she need to be adopted? The uh, the Emperor, it will, we'll get to that later, but the Emperor's adopted daughter, also the Emperor's adopted exposition, because this scene right here, <laughs> boy, they're explaining the hell out of everything. And we, we know Liu Kang is special, but we don't know why. We right? also find out that Katana is 10,000 years old, which also an unnecessary detail. Baby. What? You know what they say? The older the berry, the sweeter the juice. <laughs> that is black of the berry. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> that's what they say. Yeah. Uh, we get a random the fight because we got line from we, Friday, you assholes. We gotta get uh, we gotta get a fight in here soon. So we just have random trios of goons come into the dinner hall with the music. Oh, uh, oh no, no, no! Not just come into the dinner hall. They come in and Johnny Cage utters the most used line in movie history. This is. Empirically factual, but no one has ever said in real life, we got company. Ah, oh, they really we did got have company. company. Yeah, they had company. Really, they had they really did. Now the company arrives after they start trying to chase down Katana and yeah. they go down corridors in this in this evil looking uh, castle that have spider webs fully assembled, but <laughs> Johnny Cage swears katana walked through these spider webs that are fully assembled right uh, architectural integrity not compromised by katana no but he can smell her perfume so let's keep walking through these spider webs again she had to have gone this way problematic maybe a little now is that perfume <laughs> or is that the stench of a ten thousand year old person that's what mm. that's my question sweet of the juice um all right they beat up everybody 
I had a joke there, but I just, I'm not going to, it's, mm. it's on the line. Um, <laughs> they beat up the trios and then we find out there are more people waiting for them as Raiden gives a sarcastic slow clap. Oh, and then, and then holds off, his own jokes. holds off about 20 <laughs> other goons with an electric finger. <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I don't think so. Was this the origin of the laser eyes uh, avatar meme? Because every time he enters a room, he's got the laser eyes. He does. Uh, and now it's tournament time, guys. Finally. Right. Not before Lord Raid Exposition gives us a little, <laughs> a little more. Just a little more. We don't have enough. By the way, when Liu Kang gets ready to fight, tell me that his get hype moves do not look exactly like Mac from Always Sunny. <laughs> it's exactly the same routine. I would say the fights early on, a little underwhelming. Well, I mean, he, he did do an ocular pat down, so. Yeah. He, did, he did an <laughs> ocular pat down. Uh, Liu Kang wrecks a black guy and his, shul, his oh, soul oh, is oh. Shang Tsung's. Not, oh. not, not just any black guy. This is the machine from UPN's WMAC Masters show, which I don't know if you remember. I think it was about I have no idea long. what you're saying. WMAC Masters, which was t- terribly named, was a Saturday morning show that tried to capitalize on the whole Power Rangers phenomenon, some elements yeah. of professional wrestling, base and Mortal Kombat's popularity, in which it would be a scripted show with weekly fights and a championship would be won at the end of the season. The the show was filmed on Universal Studios Florida lot. So there would be like arenas that they would battle, but it would just be the Wild Wild West stunt show in the background and you'd recognize some of it. But this dude that has his soul stolen by Shang Tsung after Liu Kang wins played one of the fighters in that show and I absolutely popped for it. The Machine. Did Liu Kang kill this guy? Yeah, right. Because that's the only way Shang gets his, his souls. There was definite tension in the soul removal, though. And afterward, when he's laying there soulless, I wrote, that's how I look after I get the soul sucked out of me. Next fight, Sonya versus oh, Kano. Yeah. <laughs> and remember, Kano is supposed to embarrass her, not kill her. Mm. And uh, Kano does walk out like a badass, but I wasn't buying it after he just got Yes. Yeah, Chest hairs yeah. shaped up like Kimbo Slice. Yeah. Of Is that what Kimbo got it from? Kano got it from Manscaped promo code Chang. <laughs> uh, it's a, it, Kano looks like a badass in this movie. And you could re, you could see why the video game developers decided, yeah, yo, that's Kano. That's, the that's Kano, that's Kano yeah. from now on. Well, which is why I could have used a little bit more of him because I just didn't feel like, like he, he brings out a knife. He pulls out a fight. knife yeah. and tells her that he cut her partner but he cut him from ear to ear and i was he saying yeah. from ear to ear or is he saying here to here this is the biggest hint that he's not australian because when he pulls out the knife he doesn't go that's not a knife <laughs> <laughs> so you realize wait a second is he australian am i hearing that's not that? a fatality this is a fatality <laughs> you sound like uh will smith's kid again <laughs> i'm not the coward you're the coward after earth what a great movie file all right uh we get through the fight with these two we get to she does this handstand uh leg squeezing around his neck and he says give me a break and she says okay and snaps his neck without moving worst fight in the movie Uh, worst break 
<laughs> Terrible fight. Shout out to one of the best supporting actors in this movie is a piece of spit that flies out of Kano's mouth when this head scissor takedown is. <laughs> It is applied. Uh, main takeaway from this terribly disappointing fight in which you realize, oh, let's not have Bridget Wilson do her own stunts, please, is uh, the soundtrack to this fight. Not part of the Mortal Kombat soundtrack, but it is a oh. song that was an absolute banger. 1995's Juke Joint Jezebel by uh, KMFDM. It's the same song, just slightly remixed, that you might remember from also 1995's Summer Smash, Bad Boys, when they go to the club in Miami. It's a oh, same song. Okay. I got to tell you, I'm real happy that a bell came at the end of Jizabelle. Uh, yeah, I got to well, say, I, I wasn't sure where I, that was going. I, I misspoke because of Amin's terrible joke before. Right, yeah. I didn't, I didn't know it's Jezebel. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to throw this on me. I didn't. I had nothing to do with this. <laughs> Um, all right. For some reason, Johnny Cage is in a never-ending forest. Why is part of the tournament on a beach and then we get the never-ending forest, but that's where Scorpion is. Oh, and we yeah. see the little thing come out of his his and it come out of his hand. I guess I always thought it was just like a grappling hook in the video game. I didn't know it was a sentient being. This yeah. thing's got some lead on it, by the way. This thing can wrap around trees. That thing's got a good 40 yards of, of lead on it. You know what it doesn't have? What? Good CGI. No. <laughs> no, it doesn't. Bad CGI, but we pop for this fight. This is the fight of the film. Scorpion, yeah. Johnny yeah. Cage, and we get Scorpion dialogue. We do, we do get Scorpion dialogue. Get over here! Yeah. Oh, it's not just you know, that. They, they, they try to... Yeah, I, was, I, I, I yeah. thought that was very polite. It was <laughs> very hot. It was very hospitable. Like that was that was nice. And then yeah. when he says, when he says, "Get down here," I said that wasn't candy. That wasn't. That wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. not. You don't have to do that. But we see the shadow kick from Johnny Cage and the choreography in this fight because Mortal Kombat, the movie, up until this point, like where are the banger fights? Where are the really good fights? Right. This fight scene absolutely delivers. Evenly matched, great set design. Doesn't feel cheap from the everlasting forest to the portal into this. a murder cave. It's a murder yeah, cave. The murder right? cave like, that's what it is. With yeah. scaffolding, just some odd <laughs> scaffolding in that murder cave. I didn't understand. Just you couldn't yeah. opt for like some some cool stone steps or anything like that. But we all pop for the popular scorpion fatality move of pulling off his face and revealing he's been a skull this entire time. Although it doesn't yeah. go well for scorpion. It doesn't go well because uh, there's a random spiked shield that uh, Johnny Cage picks up and uses as a, as a fire repellent. Also, at some point, Johnny Cage is just a gymnast. He's Robin, mm -hmm. right? Like he's just Dick Grayson out there just doing some, some trapeze and some uneven bars and everything. Scorpion does sort of have a Ghost Rider feel to him. Uh, yes, to, uh, with the flame yeah. shooting out of his eyes. Yeah. yeah. I'll tell you where I was at when I was watching this fight. I was popping for it. These are two of the most popular characters at the time. I was strange in that I, my favorite character in the video game was Johnny Cage. So I went into this movie rooting for Johnny oh. Cage, not knowing okay. how this would go. I mean, you have a pretty good idea that Luke Kang's going to be the guy if he played the video game, but you're holding out hope. And so far, Johnny Cage has delivered because it's been a good incarnation of the character. I'm watching this a little pissed off because Johnny Cage has one hell of a draw so far. Luke Kang has the machine. That's not even a character in the Mortal <laughs> right. Kombat series. 
Kano was an absolute fraud if he gets taken out by Sonia's moves. This was a really difficult draw for Johnny Cage. Just based off merit, he should be clubhouse leader if we're doing it by golf rules. Oh, it gets and it gets harder. Uh huh. Of course. Well, like, yeah, it's, it's gonna bad, get harder. It's bad, it's bad, it gets so much harder. Zach, who was your favorite uh, one to to play with? Oh, Sub Zero, easy. Yeah, Sub Zero was yeah. my favorite character in the game. Like I just the yeah. idea of freezing someone and then getting to kick yeah. the shit out of them. Yeah. I just love it. Well, we see well. Sub Zero in action in the very next fight. They don't waste a lot of time. It's almost as if they no. got feedback from dailies and they said, "We need more fights. This is Mortal Kombat." But this is where I'm starting to feel like the whole game is rigged for Liu Kang because. Raiden and Katana drop way too obvious hints on how to beat Sub Zero. How do they? Oh know my God! It? Where Wait, were you? Get a scouting report. Yeah. Yeah. Where, were, yeah. where were you when Johnny Cage had to risk life and limb against Scorpion? Sub Zero, before he starts the fight, I promise you, he gets ninety-seven percent of the way into the suck it move because he goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, he's about to. Okay. Are, are these timelines, you know, going like lining up with Xbox? Like, I didn't know what was happening. X Xbox has a really hot crowd tonight at the Gundarina. And <laughs> I, I don't understand why is Sub Zero opting for this orb? What is the the orb? Obviously freezes everything around it, but why doesn't he do the quick ice shooting thing that he's already shown he's been capable of? Question. Mike, I said it. I said it was like watching Giannis shoot jumpers. Yeah. <laughs> why? Why right. are you doing this? Just freeze the motherfucker and then and then kill him. Why, right. are you, yeah. why are you making this harder on yourself? Make the whole room cold and his muscles are going to cramp. Like, what's the point of, of this whole thing? And so so in this sparring match between Katana and Liu Kang, which I didn't understand what the point of that was, they just all of a sudden do a little fight for a little bit. And she says, use the element of life to, you know, in your next match. Raiden plants the bucket. Yeah. The whole right. thing is rigged for Liu Kang. It's, right. I'm telling you, if you watch this through the prism of Johnny Cage, you start getting pissed off at this. Sure, like yeah. Affirmative action, am I right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, for, yeah, right. Just like it. Wait, no, is that a trap? Oh, shit, that's a trap. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no. Um, he added the am I right at the end. It made it extra confusing. Uh, <laughs> can I get, a, oh, can I get an amen? It's not even February. Um, all right. It's, uh, so now we get to that. The bucket of water which Raiden left gets knocked over. But then he picks up the bucket, wings, like swirls it around. No Where's water the falls water out. coming no from? No water falls out. Because he throws physics. When he throws the bucket. Yeah. When he throws the bucket into this this ice orb, then just a little bit of water comes out and we get the the dagger that destroys Sub-Zero. It stabs him, it freezes him. I don't think like the physics in this who is bullshit, knew? even for the outer realm. Who, who knew Sub-Zero's one weakness was ice? Yeah, that is. Yeah, that is ironic. It's like what if a meme died because of IG ass models. <laughs> <laughs> we, all, we all have our kryptonite. This apparently sets a table for the trailer for the most recent one, because every Mortal Kombat fan was super disappointed in how they did Sub-Zero in this movie, which kind of writes them all for the second one. Um, even though there's multiple Sub-Zeros in Mortal Kombat lore. I don't know how they get around it. But the trailer, just in that trailer alone, Sub-Zero is way cooler than he is in any of the Mortal Kombat films. Raises a dude's blood and then stabs him with the oh, frozen that's, blood, that's dagger. blood so, dagger. As good as the Scorpion-Johnny Cage fight was, I am disappointed at this point that, all right, Scorpion and Sub-Zero, who I liked way more than anybody else in the game, they're out. Like I, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of disappointed. I wanted more out of both those guys. I'm with yeah. you, and so was a nation. And you see, 
they go on trying to compensate in the sequel and it goes epically bad. More on that yeah. on Cinephobe, where you can find the companion piece to this Ooh, episode. Absolutely. All right. Uh, now it's time for a Goro killing humans montage, uh, including uh, Johnny Cage's they one sh- black friend. They shot this the most convenient way possible. Just, Just guys people falling. falling in- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> On, on the same pebbles, on the same pebbles that Shamu likes to scratch her belly on. By the way, just just <laughs> just a practical question: Johnny Cage, does he have to keep going up and down the stairs because they're on the shoreline for some of these fights? They're in of a course, yeah. and then they go back to this central hub. They gotta walk that. There's no elevator here in Outer World. His, his cat, his calves have to be just in top shape at this point. Like that's it's undeniable how good his calf shape is. Also, I, my next question is: Goro just three kids in a trench coat? Because I just like <laughs> the fact that they wouldn't show him. I was very confused. Blast! Oh man, I was holding on to that line the entire time, waiting, <laughs> waiting to join you. What if Goro's just three kids oh, in a trench coat? I got the same but it's okay it's all right i will backtrack a little bit to once again we see that sonia blade and johnny cage have this interesting relationship but it's finally starting to get a little closer despite what seemed as though they were unwanted advances from johnny cage sonia realizes she has some feelings she just doesn't know which types of feelings she just knows that she doesn't want johnny cage to die and there was no one more nervous uh, when this scene was being filmed, because if you look at the background, the sunset, which is real, yep. is absolutely stunning. However, mm-hmm. to be able to capture this sunset on screen, you need a scene carried by Bridget Wilson's acting. It's tough. It's tough. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's they pin he's, themselves into a corner. He's not that much better. They're reading their lines down to pausing to kind of find your place in the script in between each one exchanging. And, and my got, favorite part is the sum of all of this is Raiden gave them all like specific advice about what not to do. And Johnny Cage arrives at the place where it's like, this is what I need to do. The exact opposite of Raiden what just told him. Since he's I got to fight Goro. Yeah. I mean, but he's also armed with the spoiler alert knowledge of one of you three is going to win the tournament. So he's like, basically, I got a 33% chance of beating Goro, which actually seems pretty good right now. But Johnny, this is a draw from hell. You you put yourself in the group of death, Scorpion, and then followed up with Goro, who just killed a thousand guys. I'm a little confused at how this tournament works. Is this single the bracket's eliminate? confusing? Yeah, the bracket's confusing for sure. Also, Goro gets kicked in the chest clearly, and then Shang Tsung gives him a flawless victory. I'm a bullshit. He got kicked <laughs> in the chest. He didn't block that. Time for Squeak versus Goro, and Goro breaks the sunglasses. And I just thought, does well, any first like of all. was. Were sunglasses well, all, in the realm, in the outer realm, a revelation? You better stop. No one because else has first it. First of all, the way Goro goes, ooh, when he sees Johnny Cage walk up with the sunglasses on. And let me tell you, 1995, I mean, that was a mic drop moment. Whoa, he came out with the sunglasses on. This, yo, not only is he choosing to fight Goro, but he came out like a pimp with some sunglasses oh, on. Oh, dude. Johnny Cage kills it in this scene. Oh. And for. This actor, who I don't even remember his name, if I ever see him, he's going to be John Basau to me. <laughs> the, the whole split, punching the junk, that Ooh. the standing room only theater in 1995 yeah. had to Exploded. absolutely. Oh, Exploded. yeah. He drops, he drops into the splits, hits him in the junk, and Goro. Oof. Does he have four testicles? It felt like he got hit into four he's testicles evenly. Like, yeah. just, oh my God. And then 
Johnny just runs up a mountain, just <laughs> runs up a mountain, and Goro goes Princess Bride rock climbing to, to go find yep. him and really just way, dies because of a rock climbing incident. Every, That's all every time, every time Goro roars, this closed captioning wouldn't type roaring or anything, they would actually spell it out. It's like Goro, roar, ours. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of R's in there. But, Zach, I can't believe you're glossing over the most important line where it says, those are $500 sunglasses, asshole. And, Go and Goro, shout out to Goro, because this powerful four-armed prince who kills people and all that stuff and is really the scariest person in here. The way he said, what? It was like, he said, oh, dude, I ain't know. I ain't got it. Yeah. It's going to take me a while to save up to pay you back for those $500 sunglasses. And that's when Johnny Cage kicks him in the chest. He falls off the cliff. And the callback to the line from the beginning. This is where you fall. Oh, oh goosebumps. Johnny Cage. That's great writing. If Johnny writing. Cage tournament champion now, he has earned it. He's gone through the murderer's row. And Goro, very disappointing. Basically the Milwaukee Bucks of last season. Yeah. Goes out with a whimper. Goro, Scorpion, Sub-Zero. Like, I need more out of those three. It's just ridiculous. Um. Now, Shang Tsung, I think, blows up the tournament format, however confusing that yeah. was to begin with, because he's just like, all right, I'm challenging Sonya. And Raiden calls him a coward. Yeah. yeah. I think coward. the rules I, I, are that Johnny Cage skipped the line to phase Goro because Shang Tsung told Johnny Cage, you weren't scheduled to fight him yet. Again, super confusing. Right. Don't know when he was supposed to draw. Is Goro. there a website that they, they, they had? <laughs> but yeah, there's a bracket. Like, the condition was. Okay, but if you fight Goro and beat him, I get to decide who I want to fight and just skip this entire tournament early. Basically, the way that MLB made its postseason rules after first pitch had already been thrown. It's yeah. like, okay, we're just cutting cutting a couple of rounds here. I'll say he, he, he's called him a coward. It's because he's saying, why are you fighting a girl? Mm -hmm. Who's more sexist? Is it Shang for, for picking the girl to fight? Or is it uh, uh, Raiden? For not believing in the girl to be able to win and say it's a, calling him a coward, basically. It's a great question. I think it's Raiden. Why'd you bring her here? If you don't believe in her, why'd you bring in her to offer her so, up as bait? Like what? So he, like this he, is bullshit. He kidnaps her and he goes down that tunnel thing. I don't know how that works. The portal. And thank you very much. And and, and they ask they ask Raiden, can she beat him? And Raiden says quite flatly, no. No. I was like, oh. <laughs> no. What did you no. bring her for? No, and you're on your own because I can't go to that world. So. Yeah, he can't go. He's not allowed. Like this is this is up to up to them. He didn't really have a plan. I feel like he just I gotta bring Raiden? three people. Yeah, he just I, made, I gotta bring three. I know Lou's good. Yeah. I know he that. didn't have a plan, but he had a bunch of jokes that he thought were really funny. <laughs> That's all he. Had. <laughs> Um, all right, uh, Sonia has to. We find out Sonia has to accept the challenge in order for the fight to be real and for it to happen. Mm. And I kind of felt like it was a little bit of a vampire situation, right? You have to invite them into your home before they can come kill you in your own home. I think I like the I like that rule for sure. I do think consent is mandatory at all times, no matter the situation. So I like that. And I did watch this the day after International Women's Day, so I felt like it was important to to throw that detail in there retroactively. Well played. This will, this will really play well in April. Uh, it will. It absolutely will. <laughs> um, well, every day for some of us is International Women's Day. I mean, Attaboy. I don't know if you know that. Uh, there we go. 
Saving a butte. Um, all right. That next note, for some reason, I think I skipped a bunch here because I just said, let's rank reptile sub zero and scorpion. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, the CGI version dead last. <laughs> yeah. So thankfully, I guess they realize you can't make this horrible CGI thing actually reptile. And, but he only right. becomes the ninja reptile that we learned from the game because he was just like a secret character in the game. You had to perform well to unleash reptile in the video game. And they throw the CGI creature into a statue. And that's how we get ninja reptile, which is kind of cool. But if we were kind of confused as to who it might be, we hear a disembodied voice say reptile, which yes. was helpful. I, I thought, yeah, that was Again, helpful. Take notes, Hamilton. <laughs> uh, did we... <laughs> Do we think like what did Predator set the standard for what invisible people will look like? It, like, was there anything before Predator? Because that's what Reptile has is able to like be invisible at times, and it's just Predator vision, right? It's just Predator uh, CGI there. Like, I yes. I don't think there's anything before the Predator that makes people invisible in this way. What was that one with Chevy Chase? The Invisible Man. The Invisible Man. Yeah, it yeah. was a tough one to remember there. So now it's time for Reptile and Luke Kang to fight. And at one point, Luke Kang busts out the bicycle kick and kicks him oh, into the becoming kick. maggots yeah. and roaches. Yeah. 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 Chicken, chicken kick. I popped for the chicken kick. That was that was great. Again, oh, 1995 great. standing yeah. room theater. Exploded. Oh, loses it. Loses yeah. it. I was a little yeah. confused when when Luke Kang emerges victorious. Why Reptile was made of insects? It seems like a paradox to me. That's true. Yeah, that didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then like he a lizard. just stomps him like he's a bug, right? Except yeah. he was still the lizard thing at some point. Or did he have to crush all those bugs? I didn't understand how he killed reptile. It was very confusing because insects, as you know, aren't reptiles. Did, did the screenwriters know this? I don't think Kevin Droney knew this. I think he was too worried about the next Jake and the Fat Man reboot that he was going to have to help unearth. Semantics, <laughs> um, right. you nerds. Lou challenges Shang Tsung as Johnny Cage hits on Sonya for wearing a nice dress. I'm, I'm glad Shang took the time to do her hair. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. Was that part of, was that one of the uh, side effects of going through what? the wormhole? Because her hair is totally teased. By the way, he, he goes question. through the whole exposition about how the emperor murdered the rightful ruler of the outworld or whatever. And uh, he laid waste to the entire world. He adopted katana so that he would have a rightful claim to the throne and i said i kind of feel like if you murder a ruler and lay waste to the whole world you don't need to concern yourself with the who's protocols gonna, of, yeah, who's gonna yeah. stop you you get to make your own rules I feel like is congress gonna <laughs> give block him and do a veto or something i, I just i didn't understand yeah. that it's like coming to america if you want your daughter to rule zamunda then you just she gets to rule zamunda like i don't understand yeah. what the issue is and this is where the foreplay between this soundtrack and Mike Ryan finally leads to some banging because the music kicks in. Oh, take us to the theater in 1995, Amin. When we have yeah. the epic battle, final boss, Shang Tsung versus Liu Kang, and they hit the music. Oh, my the God. Mortal Kombat! Yo, that scream is just so iconic. Um, yeah. Kind of feel like Shang should have had more souls that he'd collected over the years. Yeah. I looked at about 10 of them. Uh, <laughs> that, that seems low. Uh, also, because some of these guys are like samurais from like hundreds and hundreds of years ago, I asked the question, do you think humans have gotten better or worse at hand-to-hand -hand combat over the years? Yeah, we've gotten better. 
Yeah, because Habib could take down the greatest ninja that the Yakuza has, right? But it, it it's not going to look as cool as if two Yakuza fight, right? That's mm. true, yeah. I was wondering because maybe the, like, they're used to fighting hand-to-hand because they didn't really have guns and all that other stuff. So they'd be better at it than our modern-day people who are, you know, a little lazy. No, here's, here's how you think of it. Like a second-century fighter, Bob Cousy. It's just a fraud like Bob Cousy. All right, so he takes down some risen fighters, samurais, all kinds of fighters. And then Shang Tsung turns into Lou's brother, who says, remember when our parents died? <laughs> Which is just a weird question. <laughs> I thought I was going to get a Chris Farley moment where it's like, remember when our parents died? That was awesome. Like, Yo, I thought that's what it was going to be. He morphed right in front of him. Yeah. How is he falling for this? I don't well, know. He, he, he doesn't. I mean, and that's why Liu Kang goes on to win this fight because Woo! he was there to see the morphing. Although it was very convincing because that passes some sort of baseline test. Hey, remember when our parents died? That's oh, true. shit. Are you my brother? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why I call them LeBron Kang. Why did I say that? Did he wear a crown? I don't... There was something that happened yeah. that made me think of LeBron. Ah, oh, damn it, man. Perhaps it's because right. he took the easiest path to the finals. <laughs> Shortcutting his entire way. The entire time, I'm just pissed off because Johnny Cage gets totally boned in this entire process. He, he, he beat Goro, and he didn't need Katana or Raiden giving him tips along the way. He's yeah. there. Shout out to the costume design on Shang Tsung because not only is the jacket killer, but when he removes the jacket and you see this incredible sweater vest that he's rocking with. Yeah, and the guns coming out of that sweater vest. Oh, my oh. God. Unbelievable. And then at a certain point, it leads up to the double punch with a little bit of red that yeah. comes out of his fists uh, there. The iconic Liu Kang double punch that sends him into the spikes and then a bunch of souls float out in this circular thing to which I put the note, Mary Ghoul round. Is that what that is? Is that a, I mean, I mean, I just, I just detected I mean, a whole bunch of tension when Chen comes out. <laughs> they, they hold heads very awkwardly. He unfortunately doesn't say, remember when our parents died. <laughs> that, would have, that would have been a great icebreaker. He's like, I would never say, why would you fall for that? I would never say something like that. Right, yeah. Maybe, I think he should have said something like, I'll go check on our parents now, yeah. right? Because he's freed, he gets to go go check him. He talks to his dead brother and uh, and he's the Mortal Kombat champion right before the, just the temple erupts. I, like the temple kind of explodes and the emperor comes out and it's go time for a sequel. Cliffhanger. Yeah. Theater goes. Oh, the theater must have gone wild. Crazy. Standing ovation. Shao Kahn. Shao Kahn. That was Shao Kahn. And he looks different. And he does look different. He looks like Skeletor from the Masters of the Universe movie. Yes, he does. Did he blow up the building? Wait, why did we have this entire tournament to save humankind if Shao Kahn's just going to invade Earth, anyways? Yeah. It's bullshit. Follow the rules. Like, that's what I always think is funny that these bad guys come up with so many rules. Then eventually you're gonna end up breaking anyway. Yeah. Why have all these rules? Why don't I just be a dick from the beginning? Maybe you trick the good guys into thinking, oh, there is some fairness and bureaucracy to this whole thing, and then you just like flip it on them. Maybe it's a mind fuck thing. Um, all right, trivia time. Jean-Claude Van Damme turned down the role of Johnny Cage to do Street Fighter. Wow. He could have he could have been Johnny Cage for Mortal Kombat, decided to be Guile for Street Fighter, and the character Johnny Cage in the game is allegedly based on Jean-Claude Van Damme. Oh, really? 
That's what a, that's what the trivia says. Is this because Liu Kang was supposed to win the entire time? Oh, maybe. Do you or do you think that changes the script once Jean Claude Van Damme says no, thank you? Then they're like, all right, we gotta we gotta let Lou win this thing. Lou's always got to be the guy to win. You go, you know, going yeah. into that movie, Lou's going yeah. to be the guy, and you hold say, out hope. Could have used some dragon out of Lou, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, Wouldn't mind that once we get to the outer realm. There's a lot of things that you leave as a little kid wishing that you saw because I think the sequel like to the video fight. game, yeah, yeah, the sequel to the video game had already come out, so you're introduced to other characters right. and you realize that this is a, a movie reimagining of the first video game. So by the time the movie rolls mm-hmm. around, you're like, ah, oh, I want to see Striker. I want to see all these other characters. Baraka. Oh, yeah. Baraka. Was, oh my yeah, God. When, when the souls come up, like, why isn't that guy with the blades Baraka? You, you don't get yeah. to see any of that stuff. So you leave this movie theater wanting more, which is a great way to position your franchise. It just, I mean, lets everybody down in Annihilation because we get everything that we asked for and we realize yeah. we shouldn't be Hollywood producers. We, we didn't but, want everything that we asked for, right? So, t- so check this out. On several levels, they didn't want to make this movie. Starting with Midway Games, didn't want to make the movie. It's just an arcade game. But the guy says, uh, Larry Kasanoff, the producer, said, I had to convince them that it was more than just an arcade game. He said, this is Star Wars meets Enter the Dragon. This is not just an arcade game. This is a whole phenomenon. What? So, what you, hold on. Star Wars meets Enter the Dragon? I, I think he means like it's like the, the martial arts, but also the Star Wars part is that there's this huge universe of characters that people really identify with. And there's, it's just rich for a lot of canon type, uh, you know, uh, conversation. Uh, the co-creator, Ed Boon of Mortal Kombat, says... This is probably going to be talked about, but not happen. That's what he said. Then all of a sudden, we're getting phone calls about casting, and they're saying, what about this guy for a character? What about that guy for a character? I remember them saying, what do you think of Danny Glover as Raiden? Danny Glover was set. So that's the thing. Uh, Sean Connery was the first choice of Raiden, uh, and then Danny Glover was considered after that. Which, all right, look, if you're not going to go Asian Raiden, a black Raiden... I'm into seeing that reaction. Bladen. <laughs> Kasanoff. Everyone was telling me this wouldn't work and my career would be over, including New Line Cinema. They'd already greenlighted the movie and the studio had walked in with the script and threw it down on the table and said, I hate the script. I hate this movie. And he yelled at us for an hour and then said, go ahead and make it. <laughs> I got to tell you, you said Sean Connery was the first choice. But Danny Glover, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be like, man, I wish I saw Sean Connery as Raiden. No, 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 no. Danny Glover as Raiden, just imagining it. Holy cow, what a film. As he, as he gets to the, the portal, he's like, I can't go there. He's like, I'm getting too old for this shit. shit. Like, <laughs> no, 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 Lou. <laughs> Bridget Wilson read an audition for the part of Sonya Blade several times, but due to long casting process, she chose... Uh, Billy Madison instead. Christina Applegate was also considered for the role, but Cameron Diaz was cast after the producers saw dailies of her from The Mask. But she broke her wrist during training just before filming, and filming on Billy Madison had just wrapped, so Wilson was available once again. Think about that. That's maybe why the fight scenes were so bad. She didn't have a chance to train for him. Also, they, they had to fight to get Cameron Diaz that opportunity because she was an unknown. The movie makers wanted her, but like the studio was like, who the fuck is Cameron Diaz? 
if she doesn't break her wrist, she's in that movie. But instead, the more established star gets a role. This is fascinating uh, trivia. You guys alluded to trivia that would surprise me. I'm legitimately floored by this. Oh, it's going to get better. Okay. Because so we have some, this person was considered, right? Uh, Mariska Hargitay was, uh, she auditioned for the role of Princess Katana. Ernie Reyes Jr. was considered for the role of Liu Kang at one point. Oh, um, and that would have been good. There was Johnny Depp and Gary Daniels as considered for the role of Johnny Cage. But then twice did Tom Cruise not make this movie in which Tom Cruise was considered for Johnny Cage. And then one. according to the person who played Johnny Cage, the medic on set in LA also acted as a set security guard. The man took his job very seriously. So one day, Tom Cruise happened to be in the area. He came to take a look at the set and the medic sent him off because Tom Cruise wasn't in the movie. A medic for the movie had the balls to say, Tom Cruise, get out of here. Hey, what are you guys shooting? Can I check it out? Medic, you're not in this movie. Go away. Tom Cruise, I just want to see. Medic, I don't care who you are. Get out of here. Is that the last time someone talked down to Tom Cruise? Well, no, he's like 5'4". <laughs> uh, Michael Jai White was slated to play the role of Jax, uh, but left in order to do Tyson. He would eventually end up portraying Jax in Mortal Kombat Rebirth and Mortal Kombat Legacy. Yeah, those were the uh, short films that I think went viral at the start of Twitter, right? I think so, yeah. I think that's what that yeah, was. Those were uh, Robin Shu, who played Liu Kang, turned down the opportunity to audition for the movie originally, assuming that he'd be cast as a stereotypical Asian villain. But he reconsidered at the advice of his agent at the time. So that's good advice. He read um, seven times for the role, by the way. Seven times. <laughs> his agent said he'd never seen anything like it before. They were waiting on Ernie Reyes Jr. to see if he would de decline it. Um, Bridget Wilson performed all of her own stunts, refused to use a double including the fight scenes, and she dislocated her shoulder during one scene, but they were able to fix it without any reoccurrence. You can um, tell. <laughs> he also, uh, Johnny Cage, uh, bruised his kidney uh, in the yes. fight scene with Scorpion. Uh, he originally requested a stunt double, but Robin Shu convinced him the fight would look better if he did it himself. So he wore protective padding on his back, but a kick from uh, Casamessa just happened to land in between them and injured his kidney. I was urinating blood. blood. Yeah. yeah. Also, Which is some, a fatality, by the way. It, it is a fatality. Um, also, Steve James, who played Jax, died a year before, or was supposed to have played Jax, died a year before production on the film at the age of 41. Gregory McKinney, who replaced James, died in 1998. Both actors died at the age of 41. So Jax may be cursed. So is that why they got a different Jax for the sequel? Well, yeah, I think he, I, he must when have been. Annihilation come out? When did they start filming Annihilation? Because this was a big hit. I think Annihilation was like two years later, wasn't it? I don't think it was that far after. Um, and then also Sharon Stone, Christina Applegate, and Dina Meyer were originally considered for the role of Sonya Blade. Mike, you might love to hear this. This is We've got some music trivia. Mortal Kombat, because they wanted it to be EDM, they got kicked out of two different record labels. They got asking, we had a deal at Sony for a lot of money. In those days, you get a lot of money for a soundtrack. We walk in and say, here's our idea electronic dance music and they go no here's our idea buckethead <laughs> he was a guy who played music with a bucket on his head we were like well he's a good guitar player and they wanted buckethead to duel eddie van halen or something and we said electronic dance music and they kicked us out then we go to virgin records we walk in and say great idea 
electronic dance music. And they say, yeah, how about Janet Jackson? And then he kind of clarifies that he loves Janet Jackson. But we were like, what? For Mortal Kombat? <laughs> we got kicked out. Finally, we had no record deal. The studio was great by backing us and letting us do that. We made the MK soundtrack and gave it to this little record company no one had ever heard of. And we came out with the first EDM platinum soundtrack. The composer's name is George S. Clinton. Not that George Clinton. Oh. George S. Clinton. An incredible story. Buckethead, I think, went on to join Guns N' Roses, did he not? You would be the one to ask that question yeah, to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I believe so. I believe there was a dude with a, like a KFC bucket when um, they were doing Chinese democracy. Hang on one second. Yep. That's our guy. Oh, wow. There's uh, Axel and Buckethead who has a KFC bucket on his head. Looks a little <laughs> bit like late stage sting to me, you know, yeah, pulling that mask say, off yeah. to reveal his own mask. Yeah. Except with a perm. Except with a perm. Or maybe a perm slash Liu Kang mullet right there. I mean, any more trivia on your end? Uh, yeah, George S. Clinton really wanted to use traditional orchestral action music, but it became clear that the target audience, which was used to hearing techno music blasting during gameplay, was not happy with that approach. Finally, this movie, uh, when it came out, they weren't sure how well it would do, and it was number one for three consecutive weeks yeah. in August. That's pretty good. Yeah, I think I saw this movie multiple times in theaters. I, I, definitely, I definitely paid once and snuck in once. I know that. Like, I, I definitely pulled one of those off. All right, golden dumpster time. This is, I still don't fully understand what this section of our podcast is, but it's either the most memorable, it's essentially most memorable for you. It can be good, it can be bad, yeah. but golden dumpster. Uh, Amin, what is your golden dumpster for this movie? Oh, this one's easy. When when Johnny Cage says those were $500 sunglasses, asshole, and Goro is legitimately worried <laughs> that he's on the hook for this. Day. <laughs> what? <laughs> I thought they were uh, drugstore sunglasses. I wouldn't have broken them had I known otherwise. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what is your golden dumpster? It was going to be that, but I guess I'm going to have to settle with Brother Dead Return Home Grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great telegraph. Zach, what you got? Um, for, I mean, for me, it's pretty easy. Remember when our parents died? That's, <laughs> that's, that that's it. That's golden uh, dumpster right uh, there. Honorable, honorable mention, again, Liu Kang doing the Mac from Always Sunny get hype moves. Yeah, because yeah, he he delivered it with the same of like Mike Marty Schottenheimer passed away. Like that was the <laughs> that was the delivery of. Remember when our parents died? There was so much enthusiasm in it. Another bit of trivia that I thought would have popped up organically: Katana married to Benjamin Bratt. Oh, yeah. good for both of them. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Both beautiful kids, both. I imagine. Absolutely, with an amazing complexion. Absolutely. Oh my God. Um, the hair. All right. Oh, the hairs. Get out of here. I ever tell you the story about how Benjamin Bratt and Brian Cranston showed up in the studio on a day that we were off and Sedano had to interview. It was Sedano and Izzy had to interview him. This is like peak what? breaking bad Brian Cranston. We were not on television. Dan and Sue were on vacation. And I answer a door, not knowing any of this was in the realm of possibility. And I open it and it's Brian Cranston and Benjamin Bratt with zero heads up. They're there for an in-studio interview. How does this happen? Still have no idea. I walk into the studio. I tell Sedano and Izzy, um, would you guys be cool with interviewing Brian Cranston and Benjamin Bratt? Sure. When? Now? Benjamin Bratt was beautiful. And yeah. Brian Cranston sat and waited on the HQ set reading a newspaper that we still have in that studio till this day. Oh, wow. Really? It was the newspaper Brian Cranston read. But how, think about that. Remember how obsessed Dan was with Breaking oh Bad my God. Oh my God. at this time? <laughs> he must have been just devastated. Uh, 
Now, what's worse, missing out on Brian Cranston just dropping by the studio or getting an interview with uh, Vince Gilligan? And you having a question that gets remembered oh, for all time? Yo, but because it was the first time in that whole interview that the dude perked up, man. Yeah. Was like, what was the question a, again? Well, because they kept asking, like, Breaking Bad questions. I've never watched Breaking Bad. So yeah. then I, I said, Vince... With a name like Gilligan, you must have been like heard a lot of Gilligan That's Island right. jokes, right? <laughs> and instantly he like perks up and says, Well, yeah, when I was a kid, I used to hear it all the time, da da da. And like he just he goes on on how he much he loved the show. And so then my follow up was, Am I hearing a reboot? <laughs> Perhaps <laughs> I thought we got, we're gonna strike a deal. Dan comes in and says, No, no, we're not doing this. And he, he made Mike drop the, the dead fish. Wow. There no bad questions. Fish. There are no bad questions and only wow. bad answers. And we were only wow. getting bad answers to Dan's bad questions. I mean, exactly. Because a guy gets those questions all the time. He never oh. gets to talk about Gilligan's Island. And then Dan had like a very serious conversation with me afterwards. Like our number one <laughs> obligation is to the listener. Yeah. It's not to spiritual the platitude, <laughs> spiritual platitude, spiritual platitude. <laughs> Oh, I can't wait to do this again with you. Unfortunately, it's for a far worse movie that definitely meets yeah. cinephobe criteria. Mortal Kombat 2, also known as Mortal Kombat Annihilation. And you'll find out exactly why there was 20 years that passed without a Mortal Kombat film. Not exactly yeah. Enter the Dragon meets Star Wars. Uh, not quite. I think I know where we're all going on this, but Mike, Fober File. Oh, File. Yeah. It's a file. Uh, I mean, file. Phobe. Phobe. What? Phobe. I checked my phone like 8 million times. That's, that's, a, that's a pretty good metric. If you keep looking hold at on, your phone, hold on, hold I on, fell asleep midway through. This, well, this, you know why this happened? Drinking. This is what's happening. Is that he's, if he watches this not in Miami... He's not checking his phone this whole yeah. time. He's not yeah. He's not day drunk watching yeah. this. He, I was this a little is, worried. He said that he was drinking yeah. when he was watching this. Of course and I, he was. And I got a text from you at like 2.30 in the afternoon saying, all right, I'm starting it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm with Mike on this one. This is a file. This is an absolute file. Like, what are you talking about, Amin? You checked your phone. Uh, I, I could, like, it's one of those movies that when you do cinephobe, sometimes you watch movies that you loved when you were a kid, but never rewatched again. And it really puts you in a place where you're like, oh my God, what was I thinking? This was one of those movies. I was like, I know I loved it in 1995, 2021, not so much. It, it transported me to a simpler time, a simpler time. That's what I, I really enjoyed. And I don't do the Dan thing where it wasn't so simple for other people, Mike. Don't do that. <laughs> this was, I enjoyed this time in my adolescence. Would you it like to be in the back. roaring 20s, I mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the summer of 1995, where second-run movie theaters were still a thing, and you could go watch mm. Bad Boys and Mortal Kombat 17 yeah. times in a movie theater if you wanted to, and that's what I did. File for summer of 1995. Oh, what a time. The playoffs have started in basketball and hockey, and there's really only one way that I can enjoy it. For me, drinking Miller Lite while the action is going on makes the game that much more exciting and that much more delicious. A lot has changed over the years, but one thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. So what do you look for in a light beer? Great taste or less filling? For me, it's great taste and less filling. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality, great taste, and only 96 calories. 
It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. A light beer that tastes like beer. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right at your door, visit MillerLite.com crate, C-R-A-T-E. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer calories and carbs than premium regular beer.